Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. We are officially one month away from the start of the regular season as we tape this on Monday afternoon, Dallas at Tampa, Thursday night, September 9th, which also means we are getting close to fantasy football season. And with that in mind, we brought on two fantasy experts in two different fields to provide some special, unique insight into some of the players you should and shouldn't be drafting in this year's fantasy drafts. And we start off with one of the players who many will consider, and we get his input and advice on whether or not to draft him. The Chargers' great young running back, Austin Eckler, an underdog story from Western Colorado, who's now a big-time player and the player that Bleacher Report proclaims as the potential 2021 breakout fantasy star we'll see what Eckler thinks of that and where he would draft himself this year and then we'll bring on ESPN's fantasy football expert Matthew Berry to break down the sleepers in this year's draft and the players that he tells his friends and family to go get in their particular fantasy football draft so lots of fantasy information coming your way in this podcast as they will be throughout the course of this month With everybody's fantasy drafts coming up, we want to bring you some guests that can help you win your fantasy football leagues this year. Of course, there was some real football news this week, none bigger than the fact that the Buffalo Bills signed quarterback Josh Allen to a six-year, $258 million contract that included $150 million of guaranteed money, the largest guarantee ever given to an NFL player. Now, here's the interesting part of that particular situation, and it shows you how sometimes reporters can walk on the high wire of life with everybody waiting to see whether they trip up. The truth of the matter is the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen broke off contract talks about a week or so before the deal got done. They agreed that they would not be revisiting this deal until after the season. Talks were dead, done. And so as a reporter, you can say Josh Allen is not expected to sign a contract extension this season. And at that time, it would have been right. But sometime a short time later, about a week after the fact, talks started back in again. I think the Buffalo Bills were smart enough to recognize that the cap is going to go up. Josh Allen's price is going to go up. And if we could get him locked in for six years. Why not do that? And though it will cost us a lot now, we potentially have the chance to save later. And so Buffalo restarted contract talks late last week. And sometime between Thursday night and early Friday morning, the two sides were able to agree on that six-year deal that reset the quarterback market and will keep Josh Allen in Buffalo. Each side gets a little bit of what it wants, right? Buffalo gets to keep Josh Allen locked in for six years when the cap is going to go up. And the price that is being paid today, $43 million on average per year, will look small three, four, five years from now. Josh Allen gets $150 million in guaranteed money to put in his pocket no matter what happens to him this year. Doesn't have to worry about an injury. Doesn't have to worry about a slump. He now has security for the children of his children's children for the remainder of his life. So a great deal by Buffalo and Josh Allen. And that was a deal that was off the table. Wasn't happening. And then it did. 
And that just goes to show you how things around the league sometimes can and do change. And how about what's going on in New York with the Giants? And that leads us into another topic. How about over the course of the past week or so, we've had four different New York Giants retire and walk away from the game that's been a part of their life since they were kids, not come back. We've seen a bunch of Giants do that this year. And I have had teams tell me that they reached out to agents, to contact players, and that there have been more players less willing to come back to play now than in any recent time they can remember, which is interesting. Why would somebody not want to chase their football dreams? But teams have found that there are certain people on the sideline who are less willing to commit. Now, maybe that has something to do with COVID. Maybe that has something to do with other players, other men wanting to start their careers elsewhere in football. But I can tell you that front offices have had a harder time convincing certain players to come back in certain instances at a time when we're seeing more and more players like the four in New York and the three in Las Vegas walk away and retire from the game. Kind of an odd, strange dynamic that's going on beneath the surface that bears watching going forward. And what also bears watching are all the fancy football drafts that are about to occur. We figured we would reach out to the star running back of the Los Angeles Chargers, a great guy who I've corresponded with in the past, but not over a Zoom call, Austin Eckler, to sit down and ask him how he would assess his upcoming prospects for this upcoming season. Without further ado, Austin Eckler. Austin! What's going on, Adam? Nice to, I appreciate you taking the time, Austin. Thank you very much. No, thank you. I appreciate the, the opportunity, man. Anytime I have a chance to connect, um, especially with a, a guy that's, you know, doing what you're doing, like yourself, been doing it for a while. I uh, really like to uh, appreciate that opportunity. Thank you, Austin. So tell me how a guy goes from Eaton High School and Western Colorado to an undrafted free agent to being the guy that Bleacher Report this year is calling the biggest breakout fantasy star for 2021. Oh, yeah, that's that's a big one. Um, that's a, there's a lot of journey in between all of that. But, uh, you know, I think the moral of that journey was I was really dedicated and passionate about about one thing. Um, and, you know, some people might think, oh, football. No, it wasn't football. It was just being the best version of myself and competing at a high level. Um, for me, that was in football because that was the best sport or the sport that I was best at. And I continue to stay with it. I loved it. I loved the competition. I loved the camaraderie and everything about it. And I always push myself that, hey, this is the most important thing in my life that I'm trying to really grow as a person, not just on the field, but grow as a person off the field, which also helped me on the field. And, uh, you know, I continue just to take advantage of opportunity because I was always pushing myself and always ready for those opportunities when they presented themselves. So when did you know, though, that it was working? When did you know you'd have a chance to become what you have? You know, here's here's the beauty of it. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know how far I was going to be able to take this. I still don't know how far I'm going to be able to take this. And I think that's the beauty of how I've you know set out on my journey is it's all about how do I perceive my life? OK, I, I'm trying the hardest I can to be the best that I can with the opportunities and the platform that I have right now. And whether that's networking, whether that's on the field, whether that's, you know, playing on, you know, in the off season with guys, uh, it's just a me trying to take advantage of the things that are in front of me. And if I do that, I know they will lead to more opportunities. And so that's why I haven't, I haven't known even in college, I didn't know how far, if I was going to be in the NFL or not, I, I was getting ready to go in the business world. Um, and then the, this opportunity knocked and I was ready. 
And, you know, that's continued, you know, throughout my career. Now I'm starting, you know, going into year five. It's because the continued, you know, opportunities have come to me and I've been ready. It's because I've I'm mentally prepared, like, hey, I'm ready to continue to take it to the next level. You mentioned networking. You mentioned the business world. And we're going to get to the football element, of course. But what would you have done in the business world and how you're networking? What do you have going on in the business world now? Because it <laughs> seems like it sounds like to me you have some interest outside of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, um, like I said, it. Football is definitely a passion, but not the passion. The passion is becoming the best version of myself. So as far as the business world, I was actually going to go into the energy field, uh, working in Colorado. There's a lot of energy, uh, whether it's oil, oil and gas, solar, uh, things of that wow. nature. Uh, but now, you know, football is taking me a different route and, you know, kind of just accelerated my, my networking ability. Um, and so now I'm, a, you know, a part owner of the Fan Control Football League. Um, you know, I have a lamp company. I have a gridiron gaming group company, which is like a company that we help you know, athletes and celebs connect on Twitch. Um, and I have other things that are, you know, being worked up on right now in the past or out in the behind the scenes, really. I have, I have an incredible team that, you know, helps me do this while I'm during football season. So I can really focus on football. But, yeah, I'm really proactive and just, you know, trying to help people. And then I have my foundation as well. Uh, we just built a weight room for Santa Barbara High School. So really being proactive in, in the community. And what is the name of your foundation, Austin? Uh, it's the Austin Eckler Foundation. Yeah. And what is the mission and goal of it? The mission is to implement resources that people can use to better themselves through skills by actually doing things. For example, uh, the weight room that we just implemented, you know, to some people might seem like just a weight room, but a weight room represents a lot more, it represents teamwork, hard work, mental toughness, and all these other skills that you can learn uh, while you're actually using. And so now we're also doing a, uh, a project to raise money for, you know, youth football to provide equipment so people can actually go out and do things and learn that way. How much have you found that the more success you have on the football field, the more opportunities come your way? A hundred percent, one hundred percent, you know, and that's that's the beauty of the NFL platform. Um, and as you know, as a younger guy, I didn't really realize, you know, the power and just the scope of the NFL platform until I really, you know, saw, started having success and started seeing, you know, how it affects people's lives. And I think that's why it's so big, right? Because people come to attract, to watch us play on Sundays, to root for their team. And it really brings people together. And then for us as players, we could take advantage of that as well, because people in turn want to hang out with us, you know, want to, you know, talk to us. And so if you're a business minded, you have, you know, a lot of people that are fans and there's a lot of business minded people out there as well and so that's really what i try to preach to these young guys to come in like look focus on football right now but once you get to this offseason make sure you're networking you know make sure you're talking to these you know people out in the community because you never know what what connection what person that you impact that really could help you outside of football hmm. you mentioned you still didn't know when you were going to become an nfl player but what was your welcome to the nfl moment when you knew you finally had arrived austin Welcome to the NFL moment. Um, I think it was, uh, I think it was a few things. Um, it's, Give me them all. And it's just a different, it's different stages, right? Coming into, coming into uh, the league and being, I was the only running back that was uh, new on the team my rookie year. And I remember, I remember going into uh, rookie meetings with my coaches and just one time I just started, I just started break, I broke down and started crying. I was literally crying because I was so overwhelmed with the offensive playbook. And I was trying so hard. I was trying 
everything that I could in my power to learn this thing. And I kept messing up and it was during OTAs, right? Well, so as a rookie, I didn't think, you know, I was like, oh, we're always being evaluated, which we are, but OTAs isn't really a time you make the team, but I, I didn't treat it like that. You know, I didn't understand that. And you know, so I'm just out here just breaking down because I'm putting so much stress on myself. And so that was one of my very first welcome to the, the NFL moments, uh, just the magnitude and the mental part of the game. How did you get through that one? Uh, I sat down with my coach and he's like, hey, man, like, like you need to take some time off, like get your mind away from football um, and just continue to look. You're not going to get a lot of opportunities on the field. Like I was six string. Right. I was I was behind five of the running backs. <laughs> you know, my all my reps came on scout teams, special teams. And so he's like, look, take that time and use it as your advantage. Get a lot of mental reps so that when you do get on the field, hey, your time has come. Now you have actual reps. So uh, listen to that kind of just got my mind relaxed a little bit. I remember my first ever huddle I got and I threw up. Like I, I ran, I went in, I had, to, I had to run to the back behind the, behind the, the line of everybody. And I just started throwing up because I was just so nervous because I cared so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and were there any other yeah. welcome to the NFL moments aside from crying from your playbook and throwing up in your first huddle? Uh, yeah, I think um, actually it was after I, I made the team, um, you know, my first game, we played the Broncos and I was playing gunner and I got jammed up on the sideline. I could not move. And I was like, OK, this is this is real. Like these guys are good. Um, you know, <laughs> we got two guys in front of you, you got to beat them. You know, that was the only time everything from then on. I was like, OK, this is real. Like I know, you know, the mentality and the, the intensity I have to have. Um, and then there's another one too, you know, with Philip, you know, we we're playing Jacksonville and he started scrambling. Uh, and then obviously Philip Rivers is the most mobile guy. So I, I turned, I'm a rookie. I turned a block for him downfield and he comes, he's yelling at me. I was running off the sideline. Like, oh, so I'm not going to run the ball. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're probably right, man. You're probably my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> so just, just learning, you know, how, how much actually like our players, you know, have different skills and actually how that applies um, and just the deeper game within the game. But these are all moments where you're still trying to prove yourself and you're not the Austin Eckler or the biggest breakout fantasy star of 2021, according to Bleach Report. And you're not the guy that signs the $26 million contract and becomes this guy who's a first round pick in fantasy dress, which I know you're aware of. <laughs> so when did you realize, you know what? I'm pretty good. Like, I'm the guy that since 2019 has had 1,432 yards after the catch more than any other running back or player in the league. You get more yak than anybody. You've done a lot of great things. When did you know that you belong like that, Austin? Ah, that, yeah, that gives me shivers just saying that, man, because that just seems like, like, wow, that's that's amazing right like just how far it's, it's come right from this little town in Colorado uh, to now you know just being on the big stage in the NFL um I'm not sure I'm not sure it has I'm not sure it's settled in yet and I think that's a good thing is because I don't I don't want to ever feel like I'm comfortable like okay you know I've made it uh, I think that's when you really start to see the downturn of your career so it's, for me it's like I remember I remember I was just talking to my running back coach coach Foster today I was like I remember my rookie year I barely get any reps. I take every single day like it was that. Like, hey, I, I'm getting more reps now, but this is my rep right here. This is a game rep. This is where I need to go prove myself on this play. Let's make the most out of this play and this opportunity. Because I I literally chipped my way up. I chipped my way up slowly, slowly, slowly to a position. Now, you know, I find myself where I'm the, the starter on, you know, paper. But to me, I'm still fighting for my job and fighting to, you know, just secure my spot in the NFL. So you're not thinking of yourself as this, standout running back the way that I and others in the fantasy community right. think of you. Right. You're not thinking like that. When it comes to fantasy, yeah, I mean, I'll hype it up. Like, yeah, get me on your fantasy team. But it's more because of my mindset. 
it's my mindset, right? Because when I get on the field, I'm going to be the most efficient that I possibly can. When it comes to fantasy, yes, you want me on your fantasy team because I'm going to get out there and when I get the ball, I'm going to make as much, much as like efficiency as I can, right? With the ball and the opportunity. So definitely, yeah, you want me on your fantasy team. How come people want you on their fantasy team, Austin? Give them more of a breakdown aside from that. People want me on their fantasy team because of my versatility that we, we've known from the past. The past, you know, is showing you know light to the future. Look, they're going to throw me the ball. I'm going to run the ball. They're going to throw me in space. They're going to throw me screens. They're, I'm going to get the ball, especially if you have a PPR league. Look, that's that's point. That's easy points right there. Like, come on. And look at look at our new OC coming over from, you know, the New Orleans. Right. Look at Kamara and how you know much of an impact he made on his fantasy teams. Like, look at it. Just see the correlation between. OK running backs in this new system that we're running. And so that's a little bit of foreshadowing for you. Like, oh, Austin has a really good chance to have an opportunity to score a lot of fantasy points. And regardless of who our OC is, yeah, I would say that, you know, regardless who it was. But now even more so, you know, with our staff that we have now. When Joe Lombardi takes over as the offensive coordinator in L.A., do you have any conversations with Alvin Kamara about what to expect at all? Shoot, I've watched Kamara enough to know what to expect. Like, hey, he's going to give me an opportunity to go win one-on-one. He's going to give me option routes. He's going to give me screens. He's going to put me, you know, on the slide. He's going to put me out wide. Uh, a lot of that you saw from me in 2019, uh, it's going to be very similar. And so, like, I'm like, yes, like, let's go, because that's I need to get back to that. And, Austin, some people, some players, they resent the fantasy attention. They get sick of people commenting about that. And I think the people in the fantasy community – Love, as hard as it is for a player, when a player embraces it. Like we've seen Juju Smith-Schuster come out and say, start me this weekend, I'm going to go win you a championship. (laughs) We hear you saying it right now, draft me. It doesn't bother you, the attention from that world that exists out there that I believe helps drive the popularity of the sport. I would 100% agree. I would 100% agree. And I I truly have a passion for my fantasy members. That's why I started streaming last year and actually giving like insight, like, hey, how's your hamstring doing? Once I blew my hamstring, I'm like, hey, you know, so looking about three weeks out right now, you know, just trying to like give like some insight, like people like care about me as a person because they are me on their fantasy, obviously. So I'm trying to connect and be like, hey, like, yeah. I care about you guys. I care about you guys for being my fan um, just because I love to care, care about the community and take care of the community. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we have our Chargers fans, but then I think even the fantasy fans even go much further than that. And I think they care about you as an individual more. It might be because of fantasy and they want you to score points and you're scoring points, but that it doesn't matter, right? And whatever the reason is, they're actually looking at you. They know your name. They're like commenting on your stuff. Hey, when are you going to be back? Um, and I can really appreciate that. So that's why I give you know, myself to uh, the, the fantasy community as well and open myself up. You know what? As a guy who plays in two fantasy football leagues, you become invested in the people that you draft, the people who are on your roster, and you are tracking them at the highest level. Like Austin Eckler was on my team last year. Okay. Last year. And you get hurt in Tampa. Yep. And it was like, oh, um, I'd be sad anyway. Right. Because we've had some interaction. I know right. the kind of guy you are. I'd be disappointed. But when you get hurt and you're on my team too, mm-hmm. then it's really personal. Really yeah. It's like, man, I need this guy. Come on, Austin. Like, come back, man. Yeah, I get it. I get it because I have my fantasy team too. And, you know, <laughs> you play? Yeah, I had a fantasy team last year with my Twitch community. Yeah. Get uh, out of here. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know how it is. And I like half my starting roster was hurt. I'm like, oh, guys, come on, man. Just come <laughs> in the locker room before the game. Like, oh, that's my fantasy guy. You know? I, <laughs> so tell me who Austin Eckler's targeting to draft this year, aside from yourself. Ooh. Um, 
I'm looking at uh, 49ers running back, uh, Mostert. Yeah, I think he's – He Mostert. Yeah, Mostert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of the guys who had some interaction with him. He was on my team last year as well. Um, and then I – You know, had, they, drafted, they drafted a running back in the third round named Trey Sermon. Did they? See? Yes, they this, did, Austin. See, this is – this. the thing is, like, I got I got a little insider. You know, I can be like, hey, Raheem, like, what's going on, man? Like, how you how you feeling this year? <laughs> you know? He's hey, you, you, you got another insider. <laughs> you call me. Right, right. right. You, you shoot me a text. Adam, Adam, what's going on, man? What do you think about this pick? You know, <laughs> what do you think and about that's this? That's what I'm just Adam? telling you. Be- like that. Before you before you invest a high pick on Raheem Mostert, be aware of Trey Sermon. Right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna that. send you. ESPN puts out a cheat sheet of my guys. I'm gonna send you Austin my cheat sheet this year. We're gonna Let's compare go, some man. notes. Let's go. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna compare some notes here. Tell me about Justin Herbert also, and what people are gonna see of him this year because that guy also was on my team last year. Yeah, and that guy is incredible. Yeah, bro. I mean, you know, we went through the period of like last year. All right, he's trying to figure it out. You know, he's he's a rookie. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him. But now, you know, he's gone through an off season coming in knowing, hey, this is my team. I'm going to start. So his expectation is, you know, in that space, which I really think has helped out his confidence. I really think it's helped out his just, you know, chemistry with the team getting that year in. Um, you know, for any rookie, it really helps. Uh, and now, you know, he's starting over with all of us with a new offense. So we're all growing together, but he's still the same old Herbert. He's running around. He's throwing the ball on the run. Uh, you know, we're all move, moving through, you know, this just the learning period of, of the new offense. But once we get it clicking, then uh, I think, you know, it's going to be something special because just his talent as far as being able to make decisions quick, move on the run, uh, especially in our division. We got it. We got to score points because, you know, we got the Chiefs in our division. So, you know, we got to have a quarterback who can, you know, make things happen when stuff breaks down and extend drives and plays. You know, that's the incredible thing is that you're playing a division with a young Patrick Mahomes. And I feel bad for guys in Denver and Vegas, right, where they've got to go up against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert for the next 12, 15 years. That's a brutal proposition. That's yeah. not good for oh, the yeah. job security of John Gruden or Vic Fangio. Hey, I'm telling you, you better have some, you better have some, you know, people that can score points because you we're going to have to be uh, put it up in just our league, right? Mahomes is show like, hey. It's going to be high-scoring games regardless. Regardless of what your defense can do, they're going to score points. So uh, it's a challenge for us. I love it, too. You know, We know could, going into that game. Could, could you – would you ever draft a chief like Patrick Mahomes and have him on your roster? And then you're playing him. No, no, and- I would never do that. If I'm ever playing someone, they got to go on the bench. Okay. They got to go on the bench because I could never root against the team that I'm playing against. You know, root for them. You know, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, when you're, when you're picking your team, you got to be biased against the oh, AFC yeah, West and maybe the AFC. Right? 100%. 100%. Yeah, you, you can't be doing that. Right. Is there is there any other charger this year that has caught your attention that you could say to the fancy community, aside from yourself, this is a guy that you might want on your roster this year? Jared Cook. Jared Cook, for sure. New guy on the team. You know, he's obviously, you know, been in New Orleans. Um, so he knows offense. He's been balling out here. And uh, I think, you know, he'd be someone that I would draft even to my team um, this year. You're going to have the inside knowledge of the Chargers. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And and before I let you go, just give me an idea of what we are going to see from your Chargers team this year and what kind of expectations you have for the entire organization as well as yourself. Yeah, I know offensively you're going to see an exciting offense with Herbert, you know, at the helm, uh, running around making plays. Uh, we got a new coaching staff in the new stadium, so it's going to be big energy, you know, just around our organization up in SoFi Stadium, which I'm super excited about. Um, I'm super excited to have some fans finally out here, having people support us uh, so we can put on a show for you out in L.A. And uh, looking forward to having everyone there. Well, it'd be pretty neat to get it to the Super Bowl, right, to reach oh, the Super Bowl. The home stadium? Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> Can you imagine what that would be like, Austin? I, I literally cannot imagine. I'm expecting it to be that big. I can't yeah, imagine it'd, it. it. It'd be unbelievable. Right. Hey, I want to thank you very much yeah. for taking time to finally connect like this. Absolutely. I'm going sh- to shoot my cell phone number, and I'm going to shoot you that cheat sheet. Awesome. Like yeah, I appreciate Maybe. it. Thank you. And there is Austin Eckler, the man who is at the center of much fantasy conversation. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. And now we go to a man who is at the center of a different type of fantasy conversation. My ESPN colleague, my friend, Matthew Berry. What's it like to be Matthew Berry in the prime of fantasy season right now where everybody wants tips? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you you probably know better than anyone. You know, like your phone blows up and, you know, people want you to do their shows. They want, they want advice. They want sleepers. They want something that no one else has. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you help me out here? Can you do this? Can you, what have you heard about this? So it's, um, it's a lot. And it's also a lot of me saying, sorry, honey, sorry, girls. I apologize to my wife and kids. Cause um, it's, you know, it's that time of year. They, they get it now though. They know it's my, uh, it's my busy season. See, and Matthew, that's why I thought I'd make it easy for you. Yeah. All those people that reach out to you that ask you for sleepers and something no one else has, I figure we could just do that right here over the next 30 minutes. And then anybody that asks, you just text them, listen to the Adam Schefter podcast. It's all on there. There you go. Here you go. Here's a link. See, so I'm doing you a big favor by putting you on here today. You can now copy and paste that message. Just listen to the Adam Schefter podcast. I appreciate that. Here's a question for you. I create sort of a a generic text. Like, I just like, like, here's the guys I like. Here's some sleepers I have. Here's some guys I'm staying away from. Here's sort of my, my theory on a couple of positions. Um, And then what I will do is I will just copy and paste that text. And then there'll be some follow-ups, but then it's just like that way I'm not writing like, here's the, you know, here's my five late round wide receivers I like, or whatever the question is. Here's a list that I got. Do you do that? Because I know you get hit up all the time, too. Yeah, well, what I do is I've got a lot of people from a lot of different places, right, that ask me for tips. So, and even ESPN.com does it. Yeah. What we've, what we've begun to do over the last five, six years is 
I just compile what they call a cheat sheet. And so I break down some players that I like, top of the draft, middle of the draft. Now, yeah. I will send it out to friends. Now, I will say, like, when I'm saying to friends, I'll put, like, a star on a certain guy. Like, yeah, yeah. This is a guy I really want. Okay. Yeah. So I'm putting out the cheat sheet, which has the names I really like. I like all of them. Right. And what's annoying is, I'll just say this for the people at home. This is annoying for me in the sense that because you and I, I believe, are good friends enough that I could get that list from you with the asterisks, with the stars, the special <laughs> list, except for the fact that you and I compete in a league together. And that okay, league, that's why. That, that league, the War Room League that we've talked about on this podcast, on our podcast that I do with Field Yates and every show, and that you and I, we talk about it every Sunday on Fantasy Football Now. That the problem is that draft always happens usually the night or two before the draft. Like if that was like two weeks before the draft, then after that draft, I'm sure you would send me some sleepers and stuff that you're hearing from camp. But because you and I compete and we've had some epic battles over the years, I feel like I never, you know, I'll never get the the good chapter stuff until it's too late. <laughs> well, breaking news. Our draft is going to be Wednesday night, September 8th, about eight o'clock Eastern. There you go. That the War Room Draft, I, yeah. I, we've been going over it this morning, trying to figure out the lottery will be a week from Friday. Okay. August 18th, before the ESPN first preseason game. I think it's Kansas City-Jacksonville. I think that's who we have next Friday night for a preseason nice. game. And so we will do the lottery for the War Room slots then. And we will do the draft the Wednesday night before the season, as is the case and has been the case every year. Now, you've won the War Room League. I have. Us, maybe, right? I never have. I never have. I've won the War Room League, and I've um, I've finished second in the War Room League. I've finished. In the, I've gotten to the finals too. And last year was a heartbreak. I had what I believed to be the best team in the league, and I, I lost in the first round of the playoffs to uh, our eventual champion Seth Markman, uh, who got unbelievable game. It was uh, week fourteen. He got a massive game from Cam Akers. He got uh, he got something like thirty seven points from his kicker and defense combined. He, he got a massive game from Devontae Adams. He got, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey had a huge game as well. And I fell a couple of points short of him. I think I had the second highest score in the league that week. But unfortunately, I drew Seth that week. And welcome to fantasy football. What are you going to do? That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's, that's the game we all love and we love and play. So let's go to the Matthew Berry cheat sheet that we're sending out to our friends. Yeah. Just open it up. Like, and give me what's on that sheet right now. So everybody who's listening today can ascertain who they should and shouldn't be drafting. Some of the guys, and I will say this, Matthew, you are coming on after one Austin Eckler. Well, I got to be honest with you, and it's not only because I'm on after Austin Eckler that Tim and I are sharing podcast space here on the Adam Schefter Show, but because he's actually one of my favorite players, and he is on the list. When my love-hate list comes out next week, uh, he'll be on it. This is, look, I think because he was injured for so much of last year, people don't understand how good this guy is, how efficient he is. After this guy came back in week 12 last year, he had a 19.9% target share. Okay, that led all running backs. Obviously, PPR format is the format we play here at ESPN. It's our default. So he's so huge in the passing game. This is a guy that had nine games last year. He averaged 18.6 touches over 102 scrimmage yards in those nine games. He had 15 or more fantasy points in six of the nine full games that he played last year. He was running back nine on a points-per-games basis last year. I think people think, 
Austin Eckler had sort of a lost season last year, and it's not true. In, in a year in which Justin Herbert was a revelation, but they dealt with a lot of injuries, Austin Eckler, when he was out there, performed very, very well. And the Chargers as a team are one of the offenses just as a whole that I'm high on this year, Adam. The, the argument against Eckler is that they're worried about uh, touchdown equity for him. When they get in close, is it Joshua Kelly? Is it Larry Roundtree? Do they, do they pull somebody for that? But if you've watched Austin Eckler over the course of his career, this is someone they're not scared of at the goal line. This is somebody that they're not scared to, to go between the tackles. He's as tough a player as there is in the NFL. I'm, he's, their, he's, the, he's one of their best offensive players, and I just don't think, with all due respect to Kelly or Roundtree or anyone else they have in that backfield, when they get in close, they're not going to say, like, you know what we should do now that we're on the three-yard line? Take one of our best players in offense off the field. And I'll tell you this, what he raised a great point. He created a little bit of a fancy headline in my mind. He said, to fantasy managers out there, take me. You want to take me? Trust me, take me. Yeah. Okay? And, and I said, how come? And he said, I'll tell you why. Joe Lombardi came over from New Orleans. He's our new offensive coordinator. How did Alvin Kamara do in New Orleans? I am Alvin Kamara for the Chargers this year. There you go. I mean, you don't need to say anything more than that, right? And and uh, we all know how great Alvin Kamara has been for fantasy and how creatively they used him in New Orleans. I think Eckler has a similar skill set in a lot of ways. Um, uh, you know, Kamara is not a typical goal line back, but it certainly – He's, you know, he's been a fantasy superstar ever since he came in the league. So I'm all in on, on Austin Eckler this year. Uh, I am higher than consensus in terms of my ranks. There's a couple of offenses that I'm in on this year, just in general, Good. that I think are under the radar. Like everyone's in on Kansas City. Everyone likes Tampa Bay. You know, those are the obvious ones, right? But the Chargers are one of them. You mentioned Joe Lombardi. Uh, and I have two others. Seattle. I think Seattle is one of those that people say, yeah, yeah, we get it. Like, it's, they're a little snoozy, you know. Um, but I think Shane Waldron comes over from the Rams, their former passing game coordinator, a, a Sean McVay disciple. I think there is a chance for years fantasy managers have been like, hey, let Russ cook, right? It's always yeah. the thing on Twitter. Like, hashtag let Russ cook. I think there's a good chance, Adam, that this year they let Russ cook. And if that's the case – DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, and Russell Wilson are all tremendous values. And I think the Seattle offense has a chance to really explode this year. What's the other offense? You said a couple of other offenses. What's the other one? You're going to call me a homer, but I'm sticking by it. The Washington no, football I, I, team. Yeah, yeah I, I see Washington it. football team. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick as, at this stage in his career has become a very good professional quarterback. And I say that with all respect. Like, that's not an insult to him. Like, is he Russell Wilson? You know, is he Tom Brady? Is he Patrick Mahomes? He is not. But he's an above-average professional quarterback who has had fantasy success. He was a very good fantasy starter, very viable fantasy starter for his two years in Miami, his, uh, when he was with the Jets. And I would argue, Adam, that surrounded by Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield, Diami Brown, the, the third-round rookie out of North Carolina. This is the best offense that Ryan Fitzpatrick has ever played with. And Fitzy is a guy that is not scared to throw it deep. He's not scared to throw it in traffic. Scott Turner, I think, is a very good creative offensive mind. 
who last year had to do what he had to do because of the quarterbacks they had. They had, they had a bunch of conservative quarterback play. But now you have somebody like Fitzpatrick who um, has a little bit of YOLO to his game. Oh, yeah. and, you've got, and you look at all those players, speed, speed, speed. They, they, they've done a really nice job of, of, uh, with that team in terms of building it because McLaurin's fast, Samuel's fast, Logan Thomas is fast for a tight end. Dimey Brown is one of the fastest players coming out of the draft this year. Antonio Gibson is fast. Like it's speed. And so you get a guy like Fitzy who likes to throw it deep, who's, who's not scared to be aggressive down the field. This is going to be a good team. This is going to be a good team. And I think they feel like they can be a lot more aggressive on offense because their defense is so good that if Fitzy throws a pick down and it's, you know, throws it deep and it gets picked off on the other 20, the opponent's 20 yard line, their defense is going to bail them out. So I actually think the Washington football team, especially where they're going in drafts, are values across the board. I agree with that. And I spoke to somebody in Washington over the weekend. And I always like to say when I'm talking to teams, hey, who's one guy on your team that I want to draft fancy-wise? Yeah. And one of the names that came back to me this weekend was Logan Thomas. Yeah. I think a lot of people think Logan Thomas was a fluke last year. They didn't really have anyone. Logan Thomas is not somebody that is uh, – I actually think he's just emerging. He's somebody that I have in a dynasty league that I'm very excited about. The young player, he's an athletic player. They like Logan Thomas quite a bit, as you know. And so hey, all you have to do is follow the money. They yeah. signed him to a big money contract extension. They're not doing that if they don't believe in him. So clearly they believe in Logan Thomas. Whenever you see money like that go to a player, you have to know that there's something to that team's belief in that particular guy. And they have the belief in Logan Thomas. All right. You said sleepers. And something no one else has. I want to hit both categories. Okay. The Matthew Berry text chain that goes back to Jay-Z or right. that goes back to Kevin Durant or goes back. Who else is badgering you for tips? Who else? Um, gosh. Uh, well, you know, I'm in a, it, I'm in this weird, you know, I get in this, uh, it, it's sort of an awkward situation, although it's really fun. I, um, I'm in a league where this, this will be the third year of the league with a bunch of Marvel superheroes. It's the, it's the Agbo Fantasy Football Charity League. Uh, Joe Russo, who directed the Avengers, uh, my dear friend, he's the guy that that's how I got into that movie is he put me in as a, uh, you know, just kind of a fun thing for me. Um, and so it's, it's basically Joe Russo and I came up with this idea and it's, it's mostly Joe where the idea of the, of the league and, and uh, another guy that uh, works with Chris Evans named Guillermo Lozano. So the three of us sort of came up with the idea of this league to raise money for charity and have a, uh, have a celebrity fantasy football league. And the rule of the league was you had, to, uh, you had to have appeared in a superhero movie to be in the league. Not play a superhero, because otherwise me and Joe couldn't have been in. But Joe and I both well, you are a, You are a superhero, Matthew. You're, you're, you're an ESPN fantasy <laughs> yeah. superhero, yes. I appreciate it. But no, in a superhero movie. So Joe Russo and I both have cameos in Avengers Endgame. But the rest of the league are all legitimate uh, movie stars and superheroes. So... Robert Downey Jr., all the Chris's, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, Chris, uh, Chris Evans, Ryan Reynolds, who played Deadpool, of course, uh, Tom Holland, uh, let's see, uh, Palm Clementioff, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. It's 14 people are in the league. It's unbelievable. Um, Paul Rudd? Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Paul Rudd is in the league. He's a very good fantasy player. Paul Rudd, of course, really? fans in the league. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of... Uh, Oh, Karen Gillan, who played Nebula, who plays Nebula. Um, she's in the league. Um, she, she gets really into it. Her trash talk is phenomenal. 
Um, anyway, so it's so I get hit up by about half the members of that league. And it's always super awkward because I'm like, dude, I'm drafting against you. You know, and then I'm like, ah, but it's for charity. What are we doing? Who cares? So so I, I legitimately help them. And then and then, you know, two picks later, they snipe the guy I wanted. I'm like, ah, but uh, <laughs> so it's you know, it's a lot of people. Um, Seth Myers is a friend I've been on. I'm not uh, I've been on his show and he's I've been on late night with Seth Myers and he's admitted uh, that he texts me for advice. So I don't feel like I'm speaking out of school there. I don't always want to like, you know, I'm always careful. I try not to um, say any names unless they give me sort of the green light to, uh, you know, to uh, to tell that. But Matthew, let's get back to the sleepers. Okay. And something no one else has. Start running through them so that I can pick you off and prevent you from getting these guys. The world it's, it's so annoying because you're like, you're like, hey, I've heard from this guy or this team, this team. Um, so here's a question. Let me let's do this. Like you, let's sort of start like because you always say like here's some bigger names, some obvious names, some medium yeah. names, some some, yep. some lower names. So let's go there. So of the big names, uh, quarterback position. And I'll just sort of run through these guys. I'll just give you some names, and then if you want to yeah. expand on any of these guys, you let me know. Uh, at quarterback among the big names, you know I think Brady has another big year. I think Jalen Hurts. I, I'm really in on Jalen Hurts. Now we will okay. see what happens if Philadelphia ends up trading for Deshaun Watson. I know that's a that's a rumor and what happens there. But as long as Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback of the Eagles, I like him quite a bit for fantasy. Look at his final four games, the four games that he started last year. If you look at those numbers and you compare them to the final four games of Lamar Jackson's rookie year, wow. Jalen Hurts is better in every category. More rushing wow. yards, higher completion percentage, more passing yards. And again, because that was one of the knocks on Lamar Jackson, like, ah, he's inaccurate. Yes, he runs, but he's inaccurate. And then, of course, the very next year, he has the whole offseason as the number one quarterback. What happens? Lamar Jackson wins the MVP and wins fantasy leagues across the country for everyone that was smart enough to draft Lamar Jackson in second year. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen for Jalen Hurts, but I'm just saying the knocks on Jalen Hurts about the basically being inaccurate um, and uh, concerns about him as a passer, I think, are overblown. Because he got thrown into the fire last year with a coaching staff that was in turmoil, a lot of injuries around him. Uh, you know, I think uh, he gets into a much more stable situation here. Obviously, Devonta Smith's injury hurts a little bit, but that's going to be a good offense, and it's going to be a fantasy-friendly offense, and he's going to run a lot. I'm high on Ryan Tannehill, who doesn't get any respect whatsoever. Of the, you know, I, I think he's a top ten fantasy quarterback. No one ever liked Ryan Tannehill except since he became starter in Tennessee. He's been nothing but money. Um, obviously they added, they added Julio, um, in terms of sort of the mid tier sort of QB twos, we just talked about Washington. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick quite a bit. Um, and this is something you can give us some insight into Adam. If I knew Justin Fields and, or trace, uh, and, or, and, or I was going to say Trey Sermon, but not, uh, not, not Trey Sermon. Um, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Thank you very much. Trey Lance. If I knew Justin Fields or Trey Lance, were going to start week one they would be top 13 for me. But it's only because we, we don't know their playing time. But I think both Fields and Lance have RG3 rookie year potential because of the offenses they're in, the coaching staffs they're yeah. with, and their dual threat ability. I think on both those guys, Matthew, you draft them if you can. The issue is how soon are they playing, right? And right. None of us know the answer. My guess would be, and it's just a guess, we're going to see them at some point. Is it week three? Is it week six? 
And when they do get called upon, you're going to want them in your lineup. But the question is, how high are you willing to risk that pick? How long can you carry them on their roster? They're, these are the questions that everybody's going to have to wrestle with, right? And those are the tough decisions, I think. Yeah. But just looking at ESPN, for example, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going as QB 24. Lance is going as QB 22. Fields is going as QB 18. So they're all going very, very late. Um, okay. So uh, so there are some guys. Um, and I'll give you one other one. This is another one that's sort of a shaky quarterback for the situation. But Field Yates and I just talked about this on the Fantasy Focus podcast that you can get wherever you listen to the Adam Schefter podcast. Field and I do it every single day. Uh, but uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton is not being drafted currently. He's currently going as QB 27, but he's not being drafted really in the majority of leagues. Now, short leash, and we'll see what happens with Mac Jones. But Cam Newton last year was the 16th best quarterback in fantasy with literally no one to throw to. Yeah, right. His first year in the system, he, he had COVID. We've heard in the offseason that he never felt right after coming back from that. And we're obviously still all learning about, uh, about COVID and the effects on the body. But now Cam says he – 100% healthy, healthy as he's been in years, his second year in Josh's system, and obviously the Patriots went out and spent heavily in free agency and got him a bunch of pass catchers. Last year, Cam Newton's best quarter, best pass catcher was Jacoby Myers. Now, Jacoby Myers is a nice NFL story. You know what I mean? But Jacoby Myers should not be the number one wide receiver on an NFL team. All due respect to Jacoby Myers, right? He should not be the alpha wide receiver on any NFL team, and yet that's all Cam Newton had to throw to last year. But now... They've added Johnny Smith. They've added Hunter Henry. They added Nelson Aguilar. They added Kendrick Bourne. They have uh, Jacoby Myers back. And obviously Cam has dual threat ability with his legs. He's a guy who had double-digit rushing touchdowns last year. Again, with no one to throw to last year and not fully healthy, he was still a serviceable QB2, QB16 on a points-per-game basis. He's going as QB27. His situation has improved this year from last year on a variety of levels, and yet he's going as QB27 despite being – so uh, I actually think Cam, as long as he keeps that job, is potentially a sleeper. Let's go the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and let's do it a little quicker because I know sure, sure. you have to be out a certain time. So give yeah, me the running yeah. backs. So I'll first. just give you some. I'll just give you a couple of names. I think Car- yeah. I, we just talked about the Seattle offense. I'm in on Chris Carson. Chris Carson's always underrated. Wow. People always like, ah, he gets hurt all the time. Except he's played more games this year than he's played more games in his NFL career than Saquon. He's played basically the same as Alvin Kamara. Dalvin Cook, the guys that are going well ahead of him. And I'm not saying he is that those guys, but he's the lead running back on what we expect to be a very good offense. He's a true workhorse, workhorse back, and he's adding to his, his passing game totals. I think Miles Gaskin, I think people are sleeping on the Dolphins a little bit. And I, I think and I think Miles Gaskin, I think Miles Gaskin has a chance to be special. Just no one, no one knows real. He doesn't have a high profile, but this is a guy who last year produced at a very high level when he got a chance. Dolphins didn't add anyone in the offseason other than Malcolm Brown. And I know they like Malcolm Brown, but Malcolm Brown is more depth than I think a real threat to Miles Gaskin's playing time. So I like him going a little bit deeper. So I, we talked about Trey Lance. I also like Trey Sermon. Listen, any of those San Francisco running backs, it's always tough because Kyle likes to mix and match, but I do think Trey Sermon's a, a, a pretty special player. Uh, I like Jamal Williams a lot. Me too. I like Jamal. I think Me that's a, a really good running back. Goes to Detroit where they don't have a ton of weapons. And Anthony Lynn, former head coach, former NFL running back, Anthony Lynn always has strong running backs. And let me just say this, and I made this argument. I said this to somebody that I spoke with. I forget who, but 
DeAndre Swift is going very high, and DeAndre Swift is a very talented back. Yes. But we don't know going in that he's going to be infinitely better than Jamal Williams when they're talking about sharing the workload. So if DeAndre Swift is a third-round pick and Jamal Williams is an eighth or ninth-round pick, wouldn't you rather have the guy in the eighth or ninth round over the third round? 100%. Jamal Williams, when Jamal Williams has got, you know, he's been, he was overshadowed by Aaron Jones in Green Bay, but he's a talented player in his own right. I mean, and, and you know better than I do, as you say, follow the money. The Lions signed him to a real deal. Yeah. I mean, there you go. That's all you need to know. Right. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, I also think the guy that uh, is replacing Jamal Williams in Green Bay, A.J. Dillon, is pretty interesting. Again, with mm. now that Aaron Rodgers is back, they do not want Aaron Jones to carry the full load. We always joke about free Aaron Jones. He's going to be productive enough and be a first-round running back. But there's enough work in that offense for a second running back. And without Aaron, without Jamal Williams there, A.J. Dillon suddenly becomes pretty interesting. He's basically absolutely uh uh free in drafts so those are uh those are a couple of running backs wide um, receivers by the way and also antonio gibson just you know you people are gonna think i'm a homer but like whatever i'm in all on the uh on the washington offense uh wide receivers you know from the obvious names again terry mclaurin i think i'm i'm required by fantasy analyst law to love cd lamb i think we're i think we're i think the entire industry is in on cd lamb but i think rightfully yeah. so i mean just you know a special Agreed. offense Listen, Agree. The Cowboys offense is, you know, they're an obvious offense, but that is going to be a very, very good offense. I, again, I do think Terry McLaurin, but, you know. Really, I, I love McLaurin. I love McLaurin. He's never had a quarterback like this. Um, I, going sort of in the in the mid-tier, uh, I like Brandon. I, I love Brandon Ayuk. Yep. Uh, I like uh, I like uh, T. Higgins. I mean, we, we actually talked about Shefty this we, when we got to Cincinnati, I talked about this on, uh, on the Fantasy Focus with Field. I said, T. Higgins, I said, I drafted him early, and then I forget what happened, but very early in the season, I ended up having to draft him. I'm like, ah, no one's going to get T. Higgins. I can get him back. But then you scooped him from me on the, on the, uh, on the waiver wire in the War Room League <laughs> and tortured me with him every single week because we, you and I do a segment every week on Fantasy Football Now. You had T. Higgins on your team, and I had to not only watch T. Higgins go off for per sources, your team in the war room, war room league. But then, of course, the producers wanted us to talk about it every week. And we just had to talk about <laughs> T. Higgins absolutely crushing for Shefty last year in the War Room League. So, um, but love the talent. Until he got hurt. 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 But he was, uh, he was great. And, you know, um, again, this is sort of in the mid tier, but I think Cortland Sutton, I know everyone's talking up Jerry Judy. I know there's a concern about, what, you know, the quarterback play. Cortland Sutton, again, he's coming off the injury, but looks to be fully healthy. Um, they, their schedule, their schedule at the end of the year is absolutely insane. Listen to this. Uh, listen to this. Listen to this schedule. So starting in week 14, Lions, Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. That's a great schedule. They're, they're Bad defenses or games against like the Chiefs and Chargers, you know, like that offense, they're going to have to throw a ton. So I think mm. Cortland Sutton over the second half of the year, I think uh, I'm, uh, I'm in on Cortland Sutton uh, uh, this year. Um, and then, uh, you know, listen, uh, and I also think Brandon Cooks is being way, way undervalued as well um, uh, in terms of some deeper sleepers or, you know, going further down. Uh, some late round flyers. I really like Darnell Mooney of of the Chicago Bears. I think he's really interesting. Um, I think uh, 
you know, um, uh, I think uh, uh, Rashad Bateman is really interesting. We talked about, uh, you know, we talked about the uh, the Chargers, Mike Williams, obviously. Uh, there may not be a hotter player in uh, training camp right now than Elijah Moore. He's an interesting late-round flyer for me. And a guy that's getting absolutely no love whatsoever. He's currently going as wide receiver 51. He's being undrafted on ESPN.com. Marvin Jones. Huh. Reunited with Daryl Bevel in Jacksonville. He's a professional wide receiver. He was a top 20 wide receiver when they played together when Bevel and Marvin Jones were in Detroit. Now in Jacksonville on an offense that's going to throw a ton. Uh, and, and? And DJ Sharks hurt. No, and? Okay. Follow the money. Follow, follow the money. The money. Follow, the, Follow money. the money. So yeah, Marvin Jones isn't sexy or anything like that, but that's a guy that I uh, that I think uh, 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 well out earns his ADP. Finally, some some uh, some tight ends. You know, look, I'm a big believer this year in tight end. You either want to be early or late. So if you're not in on Kelsey Waller or Kittle, and that's how I have the first three, I think you want to wait because there's some guys later on. Like, do I like Logan Thomas? Of course I do. I think Hawkinson will be the leader of that. Detroit passing offense, interesting. I do think Kyle Pitts, as talented as he is, is getting overdrafted. Me too. But um, in terms of later round uh, tight ends, love Adam Trotman replacing Jared Cook in New Orleans, especially with Michael Thomas's injury, and we don't know how much time he's going to miss. There's a chance that Adam Trotman actually leads that team in, in target share um, uh, or is among the league leaders. So I really like Adam Trotman, second-year player. Uh, I like Cole Komet. In Chicago, um, I always say people ask me what Shefty like as a fantasy player, and I said Shefty knows what he's doing. He's really smart. I said Shefty's biggest issue though is that he knows too much. He's always a year too early on guys. Always, you're always, always, you're always a year too early on guys. So a guy that I know you were very high on last year that I think will crush this year is Irv Smith. You were all over Irv Smith last year, which means he's going to go off this year. It, it, it's amazing how often that happens. It if really you go is. through my roster every year, I am a year early on everybody. I mean, I, you and I have been in the same fantasy league for, I think, a decade now, Adam, or close to it. And, uh, and I can testify to that. It is unbelievable. If you just want a sleeper list, literally just go to Schefter's lineup the year before. And uh, We got to have – wait, can, can you have Kyle Sopp or Daniel Dopp or somebody come up with each of my teams – and how they did the next year, <laughs> guys. That can we get that? Because yeah. that would be. I'll have Kyle Sapi. I'll have Thirsty Kyle do that. Yeah, because it would be. It, it is unbelievable how you really are. Because you know, I always say the problem with every other fantasy manager is they don't know enough. The problem with Shefty is he knows too much. Because you have so much information, and 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 Mort's the same way. You and Mort are both the same way as fantasy players. Like you really know your stuff, but the problem is, is that you hear so much and you know everything that's going on. You talk to every player, coach, general manager that you're usually a year too early. And so, whereas I'll go for Irv Smith last year, when maybe uh, Austin Hooper, a safer pick, right. is the play. Like, maybe it's, I'm trying to think of an example last year of a tight end that stood out. That he's just sitting there, and he's not real sexy, but you go take the Jared Cook in New Orleans. I made right. a yeah, example. Yeah. But I'm not drawn. I'm not drawn to the veterans usually. I'm drawn to the young guy with the upside who's going to flash. And well, usually I'm year early. Well, because Jared Cook's a known commodity. Your superpower is that you know all these things that people don't know. And so if you know things that people don't know, who wants to? No one wants to be like 
uh, I have all this information that no one else knows, but I'm not going to use it. I'm going to use the information that everyone else knows about Jared Cook, to your point. It's just, you know, sort of middle of the road. But so I do like him. I do think Dallas Goddard has a big year this year in terms of sort of a, a middle of the pack tight end. Um, uh, so I think he's really interesting. I am not uh, as big a believer, but for whatever it's worth, Field Yates loves himself some John U. Smith. He has John U. Smith at tight end eight in his ranks, which was very high for me, given the fact that they have Hunter Henry there. And I know they use a lot of two tight end sets, but for whatever it's worth, Field um, really likes John U. Smith to give you uh, a sleeper from Field. But those are a couple of uh, those are a couple of tight ends. I mean, if you go deeper, like I think, I, you know, mentioning Jared Cook. I do love Daryl uh, Donald Parham. Uh, I, I do think Anthony Ferkser is really interesting, replacing John o. Smith in Tennessee. Uh, I think that uh, I feel a lot better if Carson Wentz were healthy, but I have a slight obsession with Mo Alley Cox in Indianapolis um, as we talk about, uh, you know, sort of obscure tight ends. And um, But, yeah, I mean, like, I think Irv Smith, Noah Fant of the middle guys, of the guys going, like, in kind of the 8 to 12 range, and then of the guys going, you know, uh, deeper like uh you know i'm a i'm a big believer in uh yeah i mean goddard's going like eight fans going 10th earth smith's going 14th which is low for me um but uh you know trotman's going 21 cole Komet's going uh going 23rd uh gerald everett's going 26th wow that's yeah, which like strikes that. me as really low anthony yeah. is going 29th wow uh, you know wow you know, we're two guys speaking of just, and we wrap this up, but two guys that are going really late. You mentioned one of them, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's yep. going as tight end 19. Evan Ingram's going as tight end 15. And those are two guys that are going to be on off. Those two, two guys that are red zone threats who've had fantasy success at the position before that are going to be on offenses that are going to be above average. If not, I mean, I think the Browns actually could be one of the best offenses in the NFL. I think the Giants will be better than people think offensively. Uh, this year so so anyway I think those two guys are are values you want an obscure tight end name that will probably hit not in 2021 but 2022 yes Jacob Harris have you ever heard of him the uh the Rams rookie tight end right yeah very good Matthew fourth round pick yeah on the fantasy radar there you go you will draft him this year and we will look forward to him going off in 2022 I know they like him a lot, but Higby's another guy. Higby's going as tight end 17, and you're like, I know they like Harris, but Everett's gone, and we expect that offense to be a lot better with Matthew Stafford. There you go. And I think Jacob Harris would be a guy in 2022 that you want to put on your radar for them. I appreciate you putting all these names on our radar today, Matthew. You are, as I said, the superhero of ESPN <laughs> Fantasy. I wish you luck in every single league except the War Room. Which is fair. Which and, is fair. And we will see you very soon and look forward to another year of fierce competition as well as the fantasy football show on Sunday. I appreciate that. And of course, the fantasy marathon. I assume you're uh, you're back for us. You're back doing and, that this year. And the fantasy marathon. What days it start, Matthew? You want I, believe to you, you, I believe it's next week, and I want to say it's Tuesday, but Christina can keep us honest here. Um, I think it's either it starts either Monday or Tuesday of next week. And anything, anything else you want? Any, anything else you want to promote here? We we got the fancy football marathon. We got the fancy football, fancy football now podcast. Anything else you want to pump out there for Matthew Berry? The, the fantasy show on ESPN Plus with uh, your buddy Daniel Dopp. Me and your buddy Daniel Dopp. We have a new episode uh, coming out later today. Well, we're taping this on a Monday, so 
uh, probably by the time this airs, it will already out there. The Crush Your Draft episode of the Fantasy Show on ESPN Plus, and we'll have a, another episode later this week. So back for the fifth season of that. A lot of fun. One other piece of breaking news for you, Matthew. Yes, the NBA War Room Draft, ESPN War Room Draft, two months from Tuesday. Look at that. Sunday night, October 10th. Put it in your calendar. I am all ready for that. I have, I have said, find yourself somebody that looks at you the way that Adam Schefter looks at the NBA. No one loves his <laughs> NBA fantasy the way you do, my friend. Matthew, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Outstanding. And I will be using all those picks against you in the war room. <laughs> I expect nothing else. All right. Thanks, Shefty. We'll see you soon. Take care. And there is Matthew Berry with some insight on some players that you should and shouldn't be taking in this year's fancy draft. I'll be hopefully deploying some of that information against Matthew himself in our upcoming war room draft Wednesday night, September 8th. I greatly look forward to that. It should be just a fantastic day. Also have my first trip to an NFL training facility in, I think, two years over the weekend. Went out to the New York Jets complex over the weekend, spent the morning there visiting with some people, gathering some information for future stories. Very interesting trip. Nice to be out in person. There is nothing like connecting with people you haven't seen in a long time, had a chance to sit down and had a chance to meet for the first time in person. Robert Sala, who was a guest on this podcast Last year, I had the chance to visit with some other Jets officials, enjoyed going out to the Jets training facility in Florham Park over the weekend. And we'll see what that visit yields in terms of the stories we have on ESPN in the coming weeks. Also, how about Peyton Manning's speech this weekend at the Pro Football Hall of Fame? As I'm watching that, I'm saying to myself, it sounds like this is a stump speech for him running for commissioner of the NFL. That's what it sounded like. And by the way, if he were to take over as the commissioner of the NFL, it's one of the few jobs that we know he could get where it would actually be a raise in salary. He was used to making, what, $25, $30 million as an NFL quarterback a year? And if he goes and becomes the commissioner one day, which it certainly sounded like he was stumping to do over the weekend, yeah, it would keep his salary going exactly where it was. Now, I always thought Peyton Manning would wind up in a front office as a team president, very possibly as a team owner putting together a consortium of people to buy an NFL franchise, there's going to be something big for Peyton, whether it is ownership, whether it is front office work, whatever it may be. But in watching him give his Hall of Fame speech over the weekend, the thought occurred to me, wow, maybe he could be the next NFL commissioner for Roger Goodell, because that's what it certainly sounded like he was talking about as he gave a speech, because he had six minutes to allocate it however he wanted. And he could have thanked any number of people. He could have gone in any number of directions. And instead, it almost sounded like he was making his case for taking care of the legacy of the game and the sport of football. That really stood out to me. In addition to some of the other great speeches from Edron James, and Charles Woodson, and John Lynch, and Drew Pearson, and the class of 2021, that's always a special event, a moving emotional event, because that right there is your chance as a Hall of Fame inductee to thank all the people who helped pave the way for you to make it from your Pop Warner team to your high school, to your college, to the NFL, to Canton, Ohio, the pinnacle of their career. That's their final send-off in football. And the men who delivered those speeches this weekend certainly made it count. They did a tremendous job, as did Austin Eckler, 
who we want to thank for being on this podcast, as did my producer, Christina Buswell, for putting this all together. And we appreciate you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Before we sign off on today's episode, let me quickly tell you about a brand new ESPN podcast, DC and RC, hosted by UFC legend Daniel Cormier and Super Bowl champion Ryan Clark. With new episodes every Wednesday and Thursday, DC and RC hang out and kick around the hottest topics from across the world of MMA. Be sure to follow DC and RC wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Black History Always is a new podcast in partnership with The Undefeated that takes a deep dive into the stories of now and tomorrow from a Black aperture that will empower and inspire. Hosted by Clinton Yates, rate, review, and follow Black History Always. And again, on next week's Adam Schefter podcast, we are scheduled to be joined by ESPN's college football analyst, Kirk Herbstreet, who has a new book coming out. He'll talk about that book as well as his career and the upcoming college football season. We'll be back in this space again next week. Until then, everybody, have a great week. Be well and stay safe.